Get on Team Shaq with WinBet. We're playing parlays, boosting odds, and laying the wildest prop bets. Don't miss another game. Download the WinBet sports betting app today. Sign up today and win $200 in free bets when you place a $10 first-time wager on a straight bet or parlay. That's $200 that you can use for all the upcoming basketball action, including the men's basketball tournament. If you bet at least $500 during the first and second round of the tournament, you can get a trip to the five-star rated Win Las Vegas. Offer subject to change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in a state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York. What's up, everyone? It is emergency episode time. This is episode 19 of the That's So Mets podcast, and it's a big one. Not just one piece of news, but two here. The Mets, it looks like, have officially hired a GM after a very long search process, and that will be Jared Porter coming over from the Diamondbacks, uh, You know, someone that Joe and I are really excited to talk about today. And they also signed a catcher, James McCann, coming from the White Sox on a four-year deal worth around $40 million. So things are really rolling for the Mets here. We're excited to do this show today. Joe, let's just get right into it, man. You have really, really been excited for this search for the front office, and we will talk a lot about McCann and the effect on this team. But starting with Porter, you know, you've been excited for this search. Uh, He was somebody we did discuss when you brought your list of guys that you wanted to see them interview, guys that interested uh, you as a candidate. What are your feelings right now? What do Mets fans need to know? What are they getting in this hire for the future of the franchise? Jared Porter is a really interesting hire. Uh, Him and Amil Saade, who was, I was very open that he was a personal favorite of mine. Uh, I've been interviewed basically for every GM job that's become available for the last year to two years. So Jared Porter was inevitably going to get a job. And I'm pretty excited that it's with the Mets, to be totally honest. And a little surprised in a sense that he didn't go to Chicago because there was rumors that he was going to become the Cubs general manager. He was considered the front runner. Uh, He certainly had work with Jed Hoyer before, and it kind of seemed like a natural fit to go back there. But you know, Porter's betting on himself here, and that's a very exciting trait to have in an executive that, you know, there was questions about, does someone want this job? Are they willing to take the risk with Steve Cohen winning in three to five years mantra or whatever? Uh, working under Sandy Allison, I know for a fact, did deter some people. Um, but Porter, not one of those guys. Uh, he's a guy that is a Theo Epstein disciple was brought in to the Boston organization under Theo's watch and followed Theo and Jed Hoyer to Chicago with the Cubs, where he worked there for a while before venturing with Amil Saade to join Mike Hazen in Arizona, uh, where Porter's background is mostly in pro scouting. So, you know, it's a, it's a fairly common way to get to, get to this level, but... Yeah, he's a pro scouting guy, has some analytical thoughts, but he's not like a true analytics guy. 
Uh, if you listen to his interview with Mark Feinsand over at MLB, um, I'll tweet out the link. It was on, you know, his podcast, Executive Access. And no, I, I think Porter's an exciting hire that everyone in the league is high on. And it was just a matter of when he got an opportunity. And that when is now and is with the New York Mets. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited for this. I mean, somebody that was with the Red Sox for over a decade, like you said, has, has followed Theo a couple of years with the Cubs and made a really big leap to the Diamondbacks, right? When you look at it, you know, that's something I said to Joe off the air when we got on the phone. I was like, hey, this is, you know, a little surprising to me how bold of a leap it is. Guys like these like to stay, uh, you know, within the system they're in, around the people that they've been around or worked under. And Joe was like, well, to be fair, the Diamondbacks was a big leap because he went Red Sox and Cubs and then Diamondbacks and now to the Mets instead of the Cubs, right? A place that he worked at, a place that he was probably very respected. And this is a really good sign for the Mets franchise because this was one that that took convincing. You're seeing a ton of national guys. I know Mark Carrig just tweeted, you know, this is a good sign for the Mets to get this caliber of a, a front office executive because it, it wouldn't be easy. You have to do convincing. Your job has to have an opportunity that's enticing. And clearly the Mets job is, whether it is the fact that, quite frankly, the baseball operations are going to be his and, and Sandy is there. Sandy is making moves with Steve Cohen. But at the end of the day, Sandy is not going to be here forever. And, and Porter is going to be the face of this franchise. And that trickles down to free agent signings, trades, scouting he has a significant scouting background and he can work with somebody like a Tommy Tannis that's already in place here that that group has done a really good job now for quite some time so it's exciting this hire it's a it's a younger guy right and it, there's nothing wrong with going after you know we laugh and call them dinosaurs a guy like Sandy that has done a, has had a phenomenal career but it's good to get some younger blood in there and, and somebody that might understand uh, some of the different directions the game is going so this is a big-time hire. It's a big day for the Mets. It just goes to show you that they have the money and resources to land people like this, and that's something Cohen has really preached for a while. And now, most importantly, Joe, the offseason is going to really— the foot is going to be on the gas now for the New York Mets and, and what their future looks like. For sure. And Porter's a guy that really fits that mold of what Sandy said. When Sandy came out and said— I'm looking for a guy that I can mentor, that can grow into being a president of baseball operations, which I don't care about that title. That's a little overrated. But, you know, a guy that could grow to being the top guy. And Jared Porter is so well-respected around the league. He has, you know, friends everywhere. He's he's the kind of guy that I think with some mentorship from Sandy is a potential high-level executive in this league. So Mets fans should be very excited about him. I think, you know, as far as the rest of the offseason goes, that right now the focus is who is Jared Porter bringing along with him? You know, we're going to get into players. There's no question that, you know, George Springer's on our mind, Trevor Bauer's on our mind, Francisco Lindor, all these guys are on our mind. But it required the hiring of the GM to get this infrastructure started as to what the whole front office is going to look like going forward. So now is the time to see... Who can Jared Porter bring along with him? Who does he know on the analytics side? Who does he know on the scouting side? Who does he know on the technology side? All these people. So now Jared Porter can start to formulate his cabinet, so to speak. Because like you said, Sandy Larson's here. 
And frankly, probably this offseason, Sandy's going to run run baseball operations. And he'll work hand-in-hand with Porter. But I think Sandy will make most of the actual baseball decisions this offseason. But, you know, that time could be done this time next year. So I think Porter's going to, you know, quickly grow here. And I'm very interested to see, you know, how quickly they move and who they bring in to help this front office going forward. One thing they don't have to worry about, Joe, is uh, he won't have to worry about is finding a new catcher because the Mets went ahead and did that uh, without him. And quite frankly, you look at the catching market this year, it it really wasn't very difficult. You you had to sit there and go, okay, well, we have three different options, right? We have the tier one superstar option in JT Real Muto, and you have to decide, do I want to allocate superstar money to the catcher position, one that does not age well over time, but he is far and away Uh, the best option, maybe the best overall catcher offensively and defensively in baseball. The tier two option in James McCann, who they have agreed to a four-year 40 deal with, who has been an all-star before, was absolutely a late bloomer. You do have worries. Is it a flash-in-the-pan sample, the high level he's played at, or has the light come on and he's figured it out in terms of pitch framing? Uh, You know, I, I joked around on Twitter and said a bazooka of an arm, but I really, I love the kind of arm he has behind the plate, the leadership he has behind the plate. And there has been some really, really impressive seasons uh, as a hitter uh, offensively at a position that does not produce offensively. And then tier three, getting a veteran stopgap option like Yadier Molina, who quite frankly has no interest in leaving the Cardinals. And that would have been a risky play. So the Mets make it official. They sign James McCann. Uh, they get someone that is absolutely loved by pitchers, absolutely really just respected in the clubhouse. And quite frankly, I'm a fan that they did not go the superstar route in this signing because now the foot is on the gas to fill other spots with superstars. Now the foot is on the gas to go land George Springer, fill out this starting rotation leave some money on the table in case the right trade opportunity comes up for a megastar like Francisco Lindor. And now you got a, they had to get this done. You had to sign a starting catcher for this team. And now it's done. I know the money, Joe, might seem a little high, or maybe the term is what's high, going to four years for McCann. But what are your overall thoughts on essentially passing on Real Muto? Because it seemed like there was never real interest there from the Mets and going to the McCann route. I'm fine with passing on Real Muto. Like like you said, there's no question he is far and away the best catcher in baseball. And, you know, I appreciate the optimism of some Met fans, but, you know, you see Met fans trying to compare, you know, McCann and Real Muto the last two seasons and saying, oh, well, McCann's pretty close to Real Muto. The reality is Real Muto's a far better player. There's, And that's okay. The Mets, you, you can't get the best player at every position every time. That's just not how it's going to work. And... Certainly, if we're talking about who would you rather give mega bucks to, because I believe it's only going to be one of the big free agents, and clearly Real Muto is going to be out and how that mechanic is here, the answer is George Springer. There's uh, To me, there's no question about that. And McCann was the number two catcher on the market. There is risk. Like you said, he really only has like 149 games worth of this high-level play, but his pitch framing has drastically improved from being one of the worst in baseball to being one of the better top five or six in baseball. So he's stepped up his defensive game. You wonder how much of that has to do with the pitchers that he's working with. 
that's something that actually Jared Porter mentioned on the podcast with Mark Feinsand is, you know, the catching catcher framing statistics, it's kind of really the hot thing right now. And you should put some value into it, but it's still kind of new. So how much, you know, there's a lot of factors. How much do the pitchers help that? But McCann has made alterations to his swing and his stance, which have produced better hard hit rates, better barrel rates, higher exit velocities. So all across the board, it seems James McCann is taking analytical things and implementing them into his game successfully. So that's a that's a positive sign. Uh, you do worry, like you said, it's not a lot of time in which he's done it. So there is risk, but you you basically had to sign James McCann or resort having crap at catcher, for lack of a better term. I mean, you weren't going to land Yadier Molina, like you said. Like, at that point, you might have to scour the trade market and pay prospect capital for a Wilson Contreras. Or you sign a Kurt Casale and platoon him and Tomas Nito and just go all defense behind the plate. But I think the Mets found a good middle ground where James McCann, you know, the $10 million a year, it might be a tick high if we're being honest, but we're at the point now where Steve Cohen can afford this. They're still, even if they, I don't know if they'll go to a luxury tax, but they'll get, you know, in the range. They're like $57 million shy of the tax now. So they could still sign George Springer, a legit starting pitcher, and have some money left over to, you know, put some depth around the team. So McCann, to me, was an essential move. Is there risk? Yes. Do I think they signed a guy that's going to make all-star teams? Maybe not, but you can't have an all-star at every position. I think he's going to be a perfectly solid catcher for the Mets. And like Sandy said, they're prioritizing the acquisition over the cost. So did they maybe go a year too long? Maybe. Did they go a million or two a year? Like if this deal was four years, 36 million, you'd see everyone going, oh, wow, that's a nice deal. But 440 sounds like a lot. And I, I think all in all, it's okay. Like, I, I'm not jumping for joy for James McCann, you know, just in a vacuum. But this is all part of the bigger picture here. If signing James McCann leads to George Springer, then it makes all the sense in the world. If it doesn't, then then you can start asking some questions. I think that the people that are let down by this signing, and I am definitely not one, it's because of the order. I think if they sign Springer or Bauer or whoever it may be first and then McCann, people would be like, well, they needed a catcher and they already made a big splash. So, But it's the fact that this was the signing that was first. And I think the strategy is right. This is one that you had to get done before Christmas because there's too much risk of you know playing musical chairs where you're going, oh, God, somebody paid up big for Real Muto. And somebody signed McCann. Or, quite frankly, Joe, I think the other, the, the fear of the Mets was if McCann went elsewhere first, Real Muto has you held hostage. And it was the Mets versus Real Muto was a fascinating story where his camp knew they needed the Mets around to drive this thing up because I don't know where his market goes from here. Maybe he gets the bag from Toronto. Maybe the Phillies have more money than we're being let on and, and they get it done. I don't think so. But I, I think it, it hurts his market, and I think for the Mets, it helps them actually get a strategy in place to move forward. And 
it solves the needs. The Mets have struggled so much to hold runners on base. It never felt, I liked Wilson Ramos. It never felt like they had that Paul LaDuca leader behind the plate, right? For a while, for a really long time. It just feels like, you know, they haven't had that kind of guy behind the plate. And that's the kind of guy everybody says McCann is where, like you said, Joe, do I expect him to be an all-star? No. Do I expect him to play like a $10 million per year catcher? Honestly, not even, not even, and I don't care. I think he's a completely adequate starter at the position that they're betting on the character because the character is so high that he'll get the most out of this staff. He'll be middle of the pack defensively, which is a big upgrade for the Mets, by the way. And I think he'll hit enough where he's a good starting option at catcher. And I think most importantly, they are going to be extremely aggressive with the rest of the market now to fill more of their holes while having a guy that is is a very nice signing uh, done behind you and you can really push your efforts elsewhere. So exciting day for the Mets. Joe, I want to give you the floor. What are your closing thoughts here? Jared Porter hired, James McCann signed. Is there something you're looking ahead to? Is there anything you didn't get to say today on our emergency show that you want to get out? Just all in all, an exciting day for Mets fans. And, you know, I I love that we have this podcast that, you know, this breaks and no sooner than, what, 20 minutes, 15 minutes after it breaks, whatever it is, I get a text, you know, let's hop on and record. So it's really exciting that we're able to do this. But this is a huge day for the Mets. Jared Porter is the guy that Mets fans can look at now and say, this is the guy that the Mets, Sandy Alderson, and Steve Cohen are planning on running the baseball team for the foreseeable future. And if he's as good as many are saying, you know, he could be running this baseball team for a long time. So this is not only a move for right now, it's this is a move for the future. And as far as James McCann goes, like you said, great leader. And they filled catcher, which gives them the ability to move on to what the other needs are, and they have plenty of money to address what they need to. Frankly, this is just the start of what's going to be a big offseason for the Mets, and, you know, that's so Mets pod. We're going to be on top of all of it. You know, we ha- we're we still going to have our weekly episode every Tuesday, and whenever something like this drops, Connor and I are going to basically drop what we're doing, hop on for whatever 15, 20 minutes, whatever we did here, and, you know, give you a little outlook as to you know what happened and i'm hoping that in the not too distant future we're doing a george springer one i'll accept the trevor bauer one i guess that's all right too but a george springer one is what i'm hoping for but all in all awesome day for the mets great saturday and tomorrow we get to watch the cowboys and jets lose that's right couldn't think of a more perfect way to end it and I'll say this, if they get Springer or Lindor, I'll sit here and do 30 minutes. I'll drop whatever I'm doing and be like, all right, let's talk about uh, World Series contenders at, at that point. But thanks so much, everyone. As Joe said, we'll have an episode early in the week, as we always do, Tuesday evenings. Uh, just because we do an emergency pod does not cancel our normal show. Really appreciate you uh, checking this one out. Emergency pods are personally my favorite, and we'll catch you next week. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold.
Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York. I'm Amira Rose Davis, host of the new season of American Prodigy, all about Black girls in gymnastics. My white coaches just said, you may not get the scores that you deserve because you're Black. It's the story of a decades-long struggle of Black gymnasts trying to find and amplify their voices. I can't be the next Simone Biles. I can't be the next Dominique Dodds. I can only be the next version of myself. Listen to American Prodigies on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts.